If your restaurant wants to put the best on the table, look for food with the New York State Certified Seal. It's food that is grown right, right here. Learn more at certified.ny.gov. So this is Polly Shore. I'm here. In, is it Bushwick? Bushwick, and we're here at Roberto's, and Roberta's, and we're on Heritage Radio. We're talking about food. We're talking about um, you know big glasses, and we're talking about all the man buns. And you're listening to the morning after. Episode 186 of The Morning After. I am your host, Sari Kamen, and I am here in studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and I have with me the amazing chef, Alan Shia, all the way from New Orleans. Hi, chef. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Couldn't be more excited oh, to I'm have glad you I'm here. Yeah, I how's... wish I could be right where you are, so I could be eating pizza right now. I was gonna say we would we would give you pizza, but you have no shortage of pizza of pizza because you you have a that's, pizza restaurant. That's true. So I don't feel that that's bad true. for you. <laughs> I just love pizza that much. I just want to eat it all the time. Well, hopefully one day soon you can be here, and we will give you all the pizza, all the pizza. Okay. Um, first, before we get into talking about your restaurants and everything that you're working on. I have some food news that uh, I hope you don't mind me sharing this week. It's very important to the show um, to, you know, of course, update our listeners with the most important news that's been happening this week. First off, uh, there's a new Twin Peaks cookbook coming out, apparently. Are you, are you a Twin Peaks fan, Chef? Well, you know, I think, I think it was a little bit before my time, actually. So I, I was... Uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember the show coming on television, but I don't ever remember watching it. I think I was watching, like, some other kind of crappy television at the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think we're of the same generation. Me too. Um, I don't know that much <laughs> <laughs> about Twin Peaks food. Apparently, there's a, a cherry pie recipe. I mean, does that interest you as a chef? Are you like, what are they eating on Twin Peaks? And I have to figure out how to cook it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to know. I would, I would love to be inspired by Twin Peaks cuisine. It sounds, it sounds intriguing. You've but done I don't a lot of, have much yeah. experience with it. <laughs> You've done a lot of cuisines, say. but not yet Twin Peaks. So maybe this is your chance. <laughs> this could, this could be it. Yeah, I know you have a cookbook coming out. They have a cookbook coming out. There's, there's a lot in common there. It's exciting. Um, moving that's on. That's probably all that's in common. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> and a love for Kyle McLaughlin, I'm sure. Um, and <laughs> news from, from Britain happening. There's apparently a Marmite crisis. Have you heard of this? Are you a fan no, of, of I Marmite? I know this is like, you know, this is really bad news. Like England's had a bad year. There's Brexit and now a Marmite crisis. I don't, I don't know that England's going to be able to bounce back from this. I should say it's more of like an, Aust- an Australian cuisine, but I guess the crisis of Marmite is happening specifically in Britain. Are you a Marmite fan? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think not so much. I think <laughs> I think there's bigger crises to be worried about currently than than, than the Marmite crisis. Really? I don't know. I haven't I haven't heard much else lately. <laughs> I'm not aware. We got lots of problems, but uh, Marmites aren't one. No, not so much. Ninety nine problems, but Marmite ain't one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, and then and then finally, there's actually a new electric spoon coming out that could make vegetables taste like chocolate. I don't know. I mean, this might be good for people who don't like vegetables. It made me think about like your your cauliflower recipe. 
I don't think I'd want that to taste like chocolate, actually. Does this, does this seem like the end of no. days? Yeah, that would be a bad idea. <laughs> Let's just save that for... I think this, they're probably practicing that on the astronauts or something. Maybe. But yeah, this it seems... Takes, it, it'll take a little bit of vetting before it makes it to the restaurant level, I think. I, I mean, maybe if it's like a restaurant for three-year-olds. <laughs> I would go. I would go. <laughs> you would, I would give it a shot. I would give it a shot. It would be really yeah, weird for sure. to eat vegetables that tasted like chocolate, but I'm open. Um, cool. I'm down for it. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to take a, a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk more with Chef Alan Shaya. New York chefs and restaurants are proud of the food they put on the table. And serving produce that comes from local, environmentally responsible farms is a way to leave an even better taste in everyone's mouth. So when shopping for your ingredients, look for the New York State Grown and Certified Seal. It lets you know which food is grown right, right here in New York State. Certifying the food that comes from local farms that meet a higher standard. You'll not only be serving local food, you'll be supporting local farmers. Learn more about the New York State Grown and Certified Program at certified.ny.gov. And we're back. You're listening to The Morning After on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I am on the phone with my guest, Chef Alan Shaya. He is the executive chef and partner of Domenica, Pizza Domenica and Shaya in New Orleans. In 2015, he received the James Beard Foundation Award for Best Chef South. And in 2016, his modern Israeli restaurant, Shaya, was awarded Best Restaurant in the United States by the James Beard Foundation. Welcome again to the show, Chef Shaya. Thank you. You have had you've had quite a year. I guess the last two years. Congratulations! It's it must have Thank been you so much. yeah a bit of um, a whirlwind and just incredibly overwhelming. What has it all felt like to you? Have you been able to kind of take a breath since since all the awards have been rolling in? You know, it's it's definitely been amazing, and everyone on the team has just really. I, f- I feel like they've felt the pressure from it, but have also like taken that and just really exceeded like all expectations. We, we we really have such an amazing group of people that work with us every day, and I I hope that everyone kind of feels that that joy and that sense of accomplishment um, throughout throughout the team because I certainly do, and I I feel like. You know, our our team is just so strong, and it's just been so um, so amazing over the last couple of years to to be able to make all these strides with them. Yeah, how is uh, how has your life changed? I guess specifically since Shia won the best new restaurant award. I mean, I've I've been doing some more traveling, which I I thought that I was going to really like love to to be on the road all the time. 
but I've realized how much more I just love being at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been trying to kind of balance, you know, all the all the attention that's been coming towards us with, you know, making sure that we're we're getting out there and and showing off what uh, what everybody's accomplished, but at the same time keeping the restaurant, you know, really grounded and everyone focused on our on our guests in the dining room every night. Yeah. Is it a hard thing to attain that balance? It's very hard. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge daily. Uh, and, and I think that everyone's really stepped up and done done a good job handling it. Cool. Um, you started cooking at a really young age, I read, and you had you were a bit of like a, a troubled teenager. How did cooking change that trajectory and, and save you from you know, what could have possibly or potentially been like a troubled adulthood as well. You know, I, I really credit my love for cooking with saving, saving my life because there, there was a point where I, I really had no direction and, and no straight path forward and wasn't, I wasn't getting a lot of support um, with, you know, what I was going to be doing next. Everyone, you know, as far as like my, my teachers had pretty much written me off when, this when is I like was high school age in high school. Yeah. So I, I had one teacher, her name is Donna Barnett and she, she really saw something in me and, and, and invested the time to make sure that I followed through on, on my love for cooking. Cause I had been cooking since I was seven at home and I, I really loved it. I just never realized that it could be, a full-time career for me, but she got me my first job at a restaurant and uh, made sure that I showed up on time every day, dressed the right way, and, and really saw me through uh, my progression into the culinary industry and helped me get into culinary school. And from there, it, you know, I never looked back. I, I pretty much went full steam ahead and made food a part of everything that I am. So I've, I, but I do credit Donna with giving me the that kickstart and showing me the right way to go. What do you think it was about cooking that was so appealing to you in the first place? Like even at the age of seven. Well, I mean, I I really I, I immigrated from Israel at the age of four, and when I remember my grandparents coming to visit from Israel, they would come a couple times a year, and every time they came, I just remember food all over the table and all of us in the kitchen together and it felt like home again because mm-hmm. it, it was hard as a as a young kid to kind of be in a different country i didn't speak english when i moved to america you know i really had a hard time in school so when my grandparents came to visit that was when the house smelled like stuffed cabbage and roasted peppers and and chopped liver, and it was it was those moments that I remember feeling happy as a child, and I and I think that always really stuck with me, and I've always kind of carried that along, and it it helped me realize that I like making people happy through food, and that I like to cook to bring smiles to people's faces, um, mostly I think because of the the impact that food had on me from a as a young child. Yeah, um, I've also read that you have. Oh, you dreamed of opening an Italian restaurant. I mean, way before you opened Domenica, and then you lived in Italy for a year. What What was it about Italian cuisine? Because I know that that's not your your heritage. What was What was it about yeah, Italian well, that was so compelling? My, 
so so Donna, the the my teacher that I was just telling you about, she got me my first job in an Italian restaurant in suburban Philadelphia. So it was right from the beginning that I started cooking Italian food. And I remember feeling a lot of um, comfort with the ingredients, like roasted peppers and goat cheese and olive oil and olives and eggplant. You know, like these yeah, are all, a lot of overlaps. Those were all flavors mm-hmm. that I really recognized from my mother and my grandmother's cooking. So I felt really comfortable with it, and uh, I pretty much, you know, wanted to become the next Mario Batali, you know, <laughs> through my early 20s. It was it was all Italian. I was 100% gung-ho Italian cuisine, and I, I cooked it and studied it, and eventually moved to Italy in 2007 to, um, to cook, you know, an apprentice out there with, with families. So it, Italian food has really held a huge place in my heart for much of my life. Yeah, and I, and I think, I mean, my me coming from a Jewish household, there's so many similarities between the way that Jews and Italians both love both to eat and also to feed people. It's like it's, there's so much cultural joy that's part of that, like, ritual of, of sitting down around Definitely. a table with people. Um, I yeah. Also, yeah, and I, I also read that you said that Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, is the reason why Domenica even exists because you realize just how impactful cooking could be, like specifically in New Orleans. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience yeah. of so cooking like, for folks? As a, yeah. as a young, like 20, 21-year-old, 22-year-old, I, I, all, everything that I did with food was kind of um, centered around inventing the next best thing. You know, I was like, I was like, I want to cook food that like no one's ever eaten before and is going to like change the way people think about food. And of course, I was extremely naive and underexperienced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I went from like working on my arugula coulis recipe at the age <laughs> of 23 to to serving um, people red beans and rice um, immediately after Katrina, and like being able to serve people food that they really wanted to eat and food that really brought them happiness and comfort it really kind of hit me at that moment that like, this is the reason that I began cooking in the first place. And I, I need to think about food the way that people think about food mm-hmm. that are hungry and, and are and are ready to eat. And when I kind of came to terms with that, I realized that I needed to go and, and learn from, um, you know, learn Italian food at its core and, and from its foundation. And, and so I, I took all the money I had saved up and moved to Italy and apprenticed out there for a year um, and just really kind of soaked it all in. It was I had been cooking Italian food for a long time up until the point I moved there, but I never really had an understanding of it, and I didn't realize like how much the culture and the tradition and the history really play a part in every step of cooking Italian food. And so when I moved there, I just immersed myself in that. And uh, when I came back after living in Italy to open Dominica, I, I, I tried to stay true to those, you know, epiphanies that I had while, while living there. Was it really hard to return to New Orleans post-Katrina? 100%. Did you ever think about it? Yeah, leaving? I mean, 
I, it was way after, you know, it was, it was a couple years after Katrina that I moved to Italy, but it was hard leaving Italy. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, you know, I was coming up with all these stories about how the mob had, you know, abducted me and forced <laughs> me to be their, their kitchen help for, for the next 10 years. And, and, and like, none of that would have, none of that would have worked. So I had, I had to come back. Why do you say? In Italy. I mean, at least for longer than a year, you could have. I know, I know. And the, the, the reason that I went out there was to gain the experience that I would need to open Dominica. And so that was kind of part of the, the, the master plan the whole time. So um, I knew that I was on a timeline and that I had to get uh, a lot of information in in a, in a short amount of time. And while I was out there, the whole time I was planning Dominica's opening. Cool. Um, and then years later, I know you kind of famously like went to Israel on this trip with you know a lot of different chefs like Mike Salamanov. And then that experience sure. when you were in Israel, kind of, you know, something clicked for you and you knew that you wanted to open Shaya, which is an Israeli restaurant. What was it? What happened on that trip that's, that kind of clarified that for you? Well, the trip that I, I went to Israel, which really kind of turned on the light bulb about Shaya in my head, was, was in 2011 when I went um, with uh, the Jewish Federation from New Orleans. And we... We went out there to cook for Israeli troops, and um, we cooked uh, several different fundraisers out there and really toured through the country and cooked our way through the country and ate our way through the country. Was that your first time and, being there since you had lived there? No. I, I mean, I had, been, I had been a bunch of times, mm-hmm. but this was my first trip back uh, in about six years. Oh, wow. Uh, from, so, by the, but when I went on that trip in 2011, I, I felt way more confident and kind of mature as a chef. Mm-hmm. I felt, you know, like Katrina had happened in that time and Dominica had happened in that time and living in Italy had happened. And so, you know, that trip to Israel was, was my first kind of shot at seeing that food from a, a level that I felt confident about cooking it. And when I was there... Uh, this kind of light went off, and I felt like I was missing out on a part of who I was and that I really needed to begin embracing the food that I grew up with and that my mother and my grandmother and I used to cook together. Um, And so I came back from that trip and began implementing, like, all of these Israeli flavors and, and techniques into the menu at Dominica, um, and that's, you mentioned the whole roasted cauliflower, but that, that was a dish that came from that trip in Israel where I, I felt inspired about cooking a, a whole head of cauliflower. And, I made that uh, dish. I came back to Dominica <laughs> and played with that recipe a bunch, got it to where I it's wanted so it. It's so good. Yeah, I made and that at a dinner party the other night, and it was a hit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just took off. And, yeah. And it was kind of, it was those moments that made me realize, like, if I'm cooking towards this story of who I am, like it will work out. Like yeah. things will come together and people will understand what, what this food is, is about. And, and so that's what I did. And the food just came so much more natural to me. Um, you know, I, I just kind of cooked without having to overthink it. And that's when I felt like my cooking really, um, you know, expanded on, the, on another level. 
Yeah, I mean, I like what you say about not having to overthink it because I think that just speaks to like the inherent cuisine of Israel where, you know, I've been lucky enough to go a couple times and eat because the food is just so simple and it's just like a couple right. ingredients, you know, here and there just right. elevates um, just these like very, you know, mostly kind of like vegetable based dishes. And it's it's just so surprisingly yeah. delicious. Yeah. And, and some of the recipes on our menu are right off of <laughs> my grandmother's, you know, notebook. Yeah. And, and people and, and those are some of our most popular recipes. And, and that's like what every time that I kind of make that connection and every time I. I served someone the lutenitsa, which is the, the Bulgarian roasted pepper and eggplant spread that we make, and it's been on our menu since we've opened. Every time that, that hits the table and someone says, like, this was my favorite thing tonight, it reminds me of that smell of roasted peppers and eggplants that I, w- that I would return home to when I was in seventh and eighth grade and my, my grandparents were visiting and cooking at the house. It was always it always makes that connection for me and it it makes me realize that like you you just need to cook food that's really good and that (laughs) has a story to it and if you do that well people people will respond that's a really potent experience that wow um but i i also have read that you said something along the lines of like you were no longer scared of it like in terms of cooking that kind of food like what was it that you were initially scared of well, you know, I had a really tough childhood, and I had uh, it wasn't like a really positive one. You know, my mm-hmm. we it was a hard transition from Israel to America, and my parents divorced shortly after my family immigrated um, to Philly, and so I also just kind of like took advantage of the chaos and got in a shitload of trouble, and it was something that I I. Um, I had it fun doing. Like, I really enjoyed getting into trouble. So I did it a lot. And I did it, like, throughout my entire childhood. Um, and I remember, like, just kind of wanting to put everything... When I went to culinary school, everything else was kind of old news. You know, like, all my high school experiences and just the whole um, struggle that I had with kind of fitting in and growing up in America... Um, I put all that behind me and I went to culinary school and began like this new life. And I just pretty much delved into Italian food. And that was all I was thinking about. Um, and I didn't even really think about Israeli food like much at all. So it wasn't until that trip in 2011 that it really kind of just hit me to be like, what am I holding back for? Like, this is something that I really know and love but have not really embraced professionally so it was sort of like accessing a part of yourself um i don't know that you'd kind of compartmentalized or or shut out because i guess you're like the transition from israel to america was really difficult and then that kind of led to you know what you described as like being a kid that sort of got into trouble it was kind of like having to face all of that and then it, letting it manifest like through your cooking. It's a really interesting process. Yeah. Um, I, I never realized it until after it all happened. You know, it wasn't like I, I had been thinking about it. All it must be along. a really, it, it must be a really, really, really cathartic thing. I started writing. Yeah. Um, writing the book. And when I began writing, um, so many, so many things really just kind of became 
clear clear to me, and I kind of learned a lot about myself through the process. Yeah. Uh, cool. I know what you mean when you say like you felt like cooking saved you. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm curious about what it's like to cook Isra- Israeli cuisine in New Orleans, or at least what it was like at the beginning, because it's so different. I mean, New Orleans is such a food town, but it's like such a New Orleansy food town. Were people were you, were sure. you insecure about it, or were you apprehensive about it? No, I mean it all really happened very fast. It was it was three months from when we found the space to when we were serving our first customer. That's so fast. So, <laughs> The whole thing, the whole thing, just like really got thrown together quickly, um, but in a way that was extremely like inspiring for me because we opened with, you know, people that I had been working with for years through Dominica. Pretty much a lot of our executive team from Dominica came to open Shia Shannon White as our director of operations for now for Shia Dominica and Pizza Dominica. And when we first began talking about Shia, you know, she was the GM at Dominica. And I said, hey, Shannon, let's go open this Israeli restaurant together. And she was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how it all started. And then our, our chef, uh, Mike Wilson, who's been working with me for years, came and was a part of the opening team. So it was really this amazing experience of being part of a, a group of people that all were really contributing and had a lot of extremely um, important insight um, to what the vision of the restaurant was going to be. And it felt, this, it felt like this uh, roundtable throughout the whole process. And we were all just kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. And, and um, Zach Engel, who's now our chef de cuisine at, at Shia, um, started as a, as a sous chef with us. And his whole life has been centered around wanting to cook Israeli food. So wow. he came with all this like amazing energy and, and talent and knowledge. And it was, it was a totally a group effort and how it all happened and how it all came together. So I was never really nervous about it because I felt like I wasn't in it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I was going in with a really strong team and everyone that, was a part of that opening team and is still working with us today. They, you know, they really created what that restaurant's all about. Was it like an instant hit or were ever people ever like, what is hummus? Like, what is this crazy stuff? You know, there, there's definitely some of that, but, um, it did, it started slow and it started to build. And within several months we began getting busier and busier and busier. Um, and I think if it wasn't for, like, Dominica and, and the seven years that I had been serving people there, uh, I don't know that Shia would have really taken off because I felt like we, we really needed that core group of customers that we've known and become friends with over the years by, by cooking for and, and serving at Dominica. And I, they, they really kind of came in the beginning and, and helped to secure our confidence in what we were doing and continue to, to be the, really the bloodline of our, of our business. And of course now we're busier than ever. So, you know, now my, my, my biggest challenge is trying to get them tables when they want to come in. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is really, really, really good food. (laughs) Um, So you have a cookbook coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so in 2018, in the spring, um, publishing uh, my first book. Congratulations. With, uh, 
Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and it's being published through Knopf. Um, and Tina Antolini is uh, writing the book with me, and she's really amazing. She's the um, podcast creator and producer of Gravy, um, which is the Southern Foodways Alliance it's such a good podcast. podcast. Yeah, and she's, she's a super badass. Um, so we've got a chance to kind of work together over the last year and a half and have just kind of I've been pouring my heart out to her the whole time yeah. and I feel like she's my therapist <laughs> you know, and I, I tell her every time that we sit down together and talk about the book you know I'm, I'm like calling her doctor and kind of <laughs> laying down on the couch and um, she's just been just an amazing person to work with and and she's been the, like the perfect person to kind of pour my heart out to and and then we have a whole great team of people, you know, from photography to recipe testing. And it's just been really remarkable experience. Are the recipes, I, I'm very excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Are the recipes from Shire? Are they, you know, some from Shire from, from other places? So the, the book will be kind of like a, a compilation of short stories. Um, and it'll, it'll begin with kind of my immigration from Israel to Philadelphia and that, that food that made a difference for me then will begin, like those recipes will start and those recipes will keep kind of following the stories through all the years um, from Philly to Las Vegas to New Orleans and Israel and Italy and back to the South. And um, that's kind of the way the the book is going to flip. Cool. You have You've really done a remarkable amount of things at this point. Are there, you know, now that you have the cookbook coming out with all the restaurants, are there other things on the horizon that you still feel like you want to check off that list? I mean, really, I've just been so busy with what we've had going on. Um, I haven't, I've really been happy with not thinking about anything next. Yes, not, not that I think like, that there's other every, things. <laughs> every time, every time, like, I have an idea, like, pop into my head, I say to myself, like, just hold on. Yeah. Just, like, wait a, wait a little longer, relax, let's focus, and then I give myself a pat on the back and, and <laughs> keep going. That sounds like good advice, yeah. And that's, that's the internal uh, identity crisis going, going yeah. on inside finding, of me. Finding some downtime sounds like a good goal. <laughs> right. What right. are you? What are you most proud of at this point? I mean, I'm really proud of the people that I get to work with every day, and I, I'm proud of seeing them grow and and um, accomplish their goals and take that original idea of what Shia was going to be to levels that I've never never thought that it could be, and made it made it so much better. And it's really that, that relationship with them um, and the teams at Dominica and Pizza Dominica are what make me happiest more than anything. Cool. Uh, and then the other thing I was, I'm so curious about is, like, living in New Orleans and you have, like, such a, a sustainable ethos and, like, it's so important to incorporate local ingredients and, you know, use, utilize the farmer's markets. What kind of intersections have you found between, like, using the local ingredients and like new orleans kind of like influence where where have you find ways to um you know just intersect between that and israeli cuisine i mean it's kind of in the blood of it all mm-hmm. like it's there like we have lamb we have chicken we have oysters and we have shrimp and we have okra and 
broccoli and cabbage and like all this amazing produce and food here. And what you know, the 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 way to stay truest to Israeli cuisine is by utilizing those ingredients at the peak of their season and and just bringing some kind of identity to those ingredients through a culture. And so that's what we do. We take local potatoes and and local chicken and we turn it into Yemenite uh, curry soup. And it's just as much Louisiana as it is Yemenite, as it is Israeli, as it is American. You know, it's, it's that, that, it's a melting pot, and it's a compilation of cultures, and that's what America is. It's what Israel is. I feel like that's what the South is, and, and so it all just kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, I love that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the morning after quiz, so stay tuned. back. You're listening to Heritage Radio. This is the morning after. I am your host, Sari Kamen, and I've been having a, a really lovely discussion with Chef Alan Shaya from New Orleans. It's, uh, it's been fantastic to hear about Shaya and Domenica and all of your amazing accomplishments, but it is now time to, uh, to just get a little silly. We're going to do the morning after quiz, which is okay. a quiz with three questions um, on a subject you should really not know anything about. So, so this week, oh, it's going to be really bad <laughs> in a really good bad. way. Mm-hmm. So I know that you know about your Italian restaurant, Domenica, and also Pizza Domenica. But what do you know about bands named Domenica? That is the theme of this week's Morning After Quiz. So three questions about bands named Domenica. And there are going to be three multiple choice answers for each question. So I don't, do you know okay. any bands named Domenica off the top of your head? Are you a fan of any? I remember hearing about a band named Dominica, but that's about the extent of it. So let's, okay. see, let's see how, I, uh, let's let's see see how, how it I goes. Do. Okay, cool. So first question. 
There is a, a popular Greek band named Domenica formed in Athens in 1994. What was the name of their debut album that was released in 1999? A. Dyslexic Paper Dolls. B. Useless Clocks. Or C. Saccharine Dream. Man, it could you... go anywhere. It, it could you go could. anywhere. I'm going to go with C. Saccharine Dream is not the name, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> it was it was useless clocks, which is a translation from the Greek, but we'll trust we'll trust Google Translate on that. Okay, yeah, I wanted to say useless clocks my whole life, and I screwed that opportunity up. Okay, but you, but you still get to say it, so it's it's not all lost. Okay, <laughs> second question. There's a, a female fronted Canadian hard rock band that in, in, named Domenica that in 2009 released their debut album, The Luxury. Which of the following is a real quote about that band Domenica from the music website GetYourRockOut.com? A, I could puke pure joy into your mouth from the excitement of finding such a fresh and new band. B, Amazing. <laughs> B, if there was a religion called Domenica, I would immediately convert and happily renounce all my worldly possessions in order to have no distractions from worshipping this band. C, just listening to this band makes me feel like I have done the purest, most exquisite MDMA that money can buy and have then gone skydiving without actually skydiving. One of these I'm gonna is go real. With C. I'm going to go with C again. <laughs> it's, that sounds like a really great experience, but it was actually A. <laughs> I could Shit. puke pure oh, joy man. into your mouth. <laughs> From the excitement of finding such a fresh indie band. That's like the best compliment ever. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that Damn. that was like the, I'm just the headline. Go with my instinct from now on. All right. You should always, question. as you know, you should always go with your instincts. You make really good restaurants when that happens. Right. Okay. Right. So the last the last one is going to be a little bit different. For the first time during the morning after quiz, we have an audience an audio component. So I'm going to play you three clips from bands. Two of them are going to be from bands called Domenica. One is not. So you'll have to guess which one is not from a band called Domenica. Okay. All right. Go okay. for it, David. That was A. Next. B. And then C. I love that one. That was a good one. That was nice and like romantic. Yeah, I'm going to go with B. That's the one I like the most. B? Yeah. That is not from a band called... Yeah, you're right. That was, that was the Scorpions. Damn. You got it. Just, oh, it is the one. No, it's right. You got it. That was the Scorpions. Oh, I got it. oh awesome. <laughs> I got it wrong. Did you know? Did you recognize the Scorpions? <laughs> I was kind of sneaky, and I, I pulled a clip from them actually singing in German to throw you off. <laughs> but that that's the one I went with. So that was the one. I got yeah. one one of three. I'm I'm happy with those. With those yeah, numbers. out of bands named Domenica, you prefer the Scorpions, which I I couldn't agree more. <laughs> awesome. You did really well. Well, that's our show, Chef. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, so I know your cookbook's coming out in 2018. What's the name of it? The name of the book, it's going to be uh, My Journey Back to Israel. Awesome. All right. Well, I can't wait to see that. In the meantime, everyone, if you're in New Orleans, you cannot miss Shia or Domenica or Pizza Domenica. 
Chef, I hope to be eating pizza with you in the in the very near future, rocking out to scorpions. That, that would be amazing. <laughs> it would. All right. Thank you Thank so you much. Guys. And thanks for listening. Okay. We'll be back same time, same place, Sunday, 3 p.m., heritageradionetwork.org. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.